Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. For those interested in additional resources or services, such as the weekly planners, online planners for Chrome or Outlook, keynotes, live training, coaching, or certification, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. Now, when you listen to an episode that resonates with you, we invite you to share it with your family, friends, and team members so that they can experience the same type of motivation and results in their lives. Also, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. It works on Apple, Stitcher, Google, or whatever platform you're using so that you can get a new podcast reminder each week. Now sit back, let's get started, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you may be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have such a fabulous guest with us today. I have been looking forward to this. Gary Laney is a dear friend, and we have associated together for like 40 years, four decades. I mean, that's a long time. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Steve. It's been 43 years. Woohoo! Wow. Yeah, well, Gary is he's not only a dear friend, I'd like to tell you about him. He's got a great message today for each one of us. And so uh, let's just jump right into it. He is a best-selling author, speaker, startup investor, and CEO of Success Masters LLC, a holding company that has invested in business networking, online media, e-commerce, and high-tech intellectual property. A serial entrepreneur, Gary is a 35-year veteran of sales, marketing, training, and professional services. Gary's background covers domain expertise in business networking, sales processes, CRM, business process management. I mean, and it goes on and on what his background is. It's very complete. Gary, you ready to get going today and have some fun? Hey, I've been waiting all day for this, Steve. Ah, me too. <laughs> I'll just tell you a little bit about this. Gary has personally been involved in more than 20 businesses, including a company that went public where he ran worldwide sales. And most recently, he is CEO and co-founder of Trustagrity, a fast-growing national professional networking company that was launched in 2012. Gary is known for his ability to turn around businesses and to create dramatic revenue growth. A dynamic speaker, Gary has been recognized as a top presenter, motivating tens of thousands of entrepreneurs, business professionals, and salespeople. So he has a wonderful family. His wife, Carla, has six wonderful children. They have four daughters, two sons, and 10 grandchildren. Man, they are on a roll, right? Try to catch up with you, Steve. I don't know how we do that. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> oh, well, good. Well, Gary uh, recently just launched a new book. It's right here. It's called The Power of Strategic Influence, 10 Success Factors of Highly Influential Leaders. We're going to talk about that today on our show. Before we do, Gary, tell us about your background and including any turning points in your life that's had a significant impact on you. How did you end up doing what you're doing? Wow. 
that's a loaded question. How much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the kind of the kid that grew up in a small town, as you know, not so small anymore, Lehigh, Utah, in a family business. So those are my roots. I mean, those are very strong. It's a big foundation in my life where I uh, work with my brothers and sisters and my mom and my dad to run a, a local business in Lehigh. My dad grew it to be kind of a small five-store uh, chain. What was significant about that for me, and I didn't know it at the time, that I learned everything about business growing up in that. I started out, you know, as a kid, you know, just helping maintain the store, clean it. I got to do stock shelves, and then I got to do deliveries. And then my dad advanced me to be an accountant for our business and then went on to be a store manager and ultimately bought his last business from him. So I went from sweeping the walks to owning a store, you know, in about a 10-year period as a kid growing up. And it was quite, a, quite the experience. So that's kind of the roots. Well, that's a good overview. That's really kind of got you into the business world. And Gary and I actually had the chance to work together when he was a college student. He went out and sold books for us yes, and I was did. extraordinary. And then as he worked uh, through several summers, paying his way through college, became one of the really top managers and vice presidents of our company. And so we had the chance to work closely together. And then Gary went out on his own to start his own businesses and, and really cut his own course, which has been so fun to watch. But Gary, tell us about your book. Why did you write it and what's in it? Let me talk, talk about why this even came about in the first place. So you mentioned that I had a business called Trustegrity, and that was my last business I sold. It was during COVID. COVID uh, looked like it would be a tough time to, to have an events company. And uh, so I sold it. Luckily, the, the company that bought it has expanded it, has doubled it in size and is doing well. So I'm really happy that it continued. But uh, I was at a point where I do I start a business? What do I do? You know, it's not the I can't really start these event things. And I had uh, still had a daughter, Kylie, uh, my wife, Carla, and my granddaughter, Katie, who was um, 17 at the time, uh, almost 18. Now she's 19. can't believe I have a granddaughter named, that's eight, 19 years old. Katie had just published a book, and she's now publishing her second. I mean, she was a teenager who had published a book, a serious book, a fiction book. And so my daughter and, and my wife are getting involved in this writing contest where you're supposed to sit down over a certain amount of time, write 50,000 words. And so they challenged me to, to join them. And I said, well, that, that might be fun. But I, you know, I'd always wanted to write a book. I have like five titles I wanted to write about. So I started an outline and I started a chapter. I wasn't really sure if it would turn into anything. And then one night I got inspired and stayed up all night and, and wrote out this, uh, what I call this TOC or table of contents roadmap and got serious about it. And I called you and said, uh, Hey, master of, of writing books, <laughs> please tell me what I do next. You know? So um, it, it was a process. I, I hired a researcher, editor, you know, a co-writer. I, I hired a graphics guy, all these th different things. And, and then started, you know, pumping out a chapter every week. And, and it was remarkable. I gave myself six months and by the time uh, six months was over, I had this book called The Strategic Power of Strategic Influence, which represents just about every phase of my life. Phase with my parents, my phase with you for 10 years, my phase uh, getting into corporate uh, sales and management and startups. I mean, it goes through every phase. What I loved about it is it really is a representation on a continuum of my life. And people like that it's very structured and very systematic, but it's because it follows my lifetime in growth and development and, and how it, my influence developed. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's terrific. Uh, and I love it. Uh, tell us about how do you define what a leader is? Because you talk about leadership and yeah. the 10 success factors of highly influential leaders. How do you define leadership, Gary? Who's a leader? Steve, well, you're certainly a great example to me as a leader. So I'll just tell you, a leader to me, and I've, I've had many bosses. I've, had, I've dealt with hundreds of leaders in my lifetime including the, the networking company I had that was full of leaders, and most of them were, were business owners. Hmm. A leader to me is somebody that leads by example, who teaches by example, who inspires, who motivates. And then more importantly, it's a person that has a plan that sh- shares it with those that they care about the plan that are involved in a business like you used to do with us, and who then ultimately you know, gets into the nitty-gritty of it by supporting the business, making it possible, removing the roadblocks, and making it so that everybody has their potential and, and can do well in it. So I, that's to me as a leader, that somebody brings in a positive environment, provides structure and support, and really facilitates. That's really what they do is facilitate. I really like what you're talking about, Gary, there, which is one of the things a leader does is remove the roadblocks. What a great description. Well, I mean, how many roadblocks do you have? Every day, there's no idea. There's no, you never have an idea what's going to happen today, tomorrow, or the next day. With COVID that we've had, with our political scene, you know, with the financing and, the, and what is going on? I mean, we, we have so many obstacles these days to overcome. The first chapter of my book talks about how to establish a, a survival mindset, which is really critical to that philosophy. So if we can just decide up front, I'm going to commit that no matter what happens, whatever life throws at me, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to find a way around it. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to help the people around me do the same. So that's, that's really what I think leadership's about. I love that, Gary. That's a good description. And what are some of the most important things from your research and your interviews? Because I know your book has interviews from really wonderful people, experienced people that touch on these different areas that you're talking about. What are some of the most important things that leaders do? Two aspects of that, Steve. So my book, I have six spheres of influence. Now, the first three are really kind of preparatory to leadership. It's perspective, it's accountability, and it's relationships. Then you get into leadership. And leadership takes what you've learned, the foundation of what you've established, and allows you then to help other people do the things that you've done. And so in the book, I I approach leadership in two ways. One, as a leader, I say, you know, now you've been given a title of a leader. You probably don't feel like a leader, but now you need to assume the role of that leadership, meaning take responsibility for it, get serious about it, and say, I need to do a good job at this. I better have a plan. I better figure out what I'm doing. And a, a good leader won't just take it, won't go on the road by themselves. They'll get people involved. They'll share their vision and uh, they'll figure out a way to make it uh, a productive environment for everybody involved. Later in the book, I talk about the competencies of a leader. It's one thing to have a perspective and to get involved and say, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to assume the role. I'm going to be responsible and, and people are going to know that I care about what I'm doing. By the way, an influencer, which slash is a leader, is known at the point in time when people care about what you say and do. Hmm. So when people start listening to you and, and look to you for advice and they care about the way you act, the way you do things, you can consider yourself to be a leader and an influencer at that point. So but let's swing back to the, the competency part. So when you get to what I call the, the opportunity sphere, you've got relationships, you, you're self-reliant. You're now a leader. Now it's the opportunity to maximize your opportunity in life and to be able to be successful. How do you do that? There's two ways. One is to stop, stop, sit back and say, well, why in the world am I doing what I'm doing? 
you know, what is motivating me to do this? What's my purpose behind what I'm trying to do? So I call them PDFs, not like Adobe cells, but they're personal driving forces. Hmm. What are the driving forces in your life that make you get up in the morning and do the things you do and keep you excited about what you do, especially when challenges like we're having today come in front of you? So that's the important thing. Everybody has their own. I have mine. I have, you know, recognition is important to me because I like to know that people care that I, I do a good job. My family is super important. It's a big motivator. Retirement someday. So I have seven of those. Everybody needs to create their own list of what I call personal driving forces. The flip side of that, once you know what your purpose is, your motivation and your your passion is to say, what am I good at? You know, what can I do that's really going to help the organization or the company or the startup or the or the company I'm working with do better? And so I, Steve, we we talked about this a little bit, but I did interview a different CEO for each of the chapters, including you and matched the leader and the comments of what our interview contained to a chapter. So, I mean, you're great at relationships. You're great at strategic relationships. I don't know anybody in my life that's done a better job at at surrounding themselves with strategic people that can help them succeed like you have. I really, really mean that. Thank you. So getting down to the nitty gritty of this, the competencies. So I did a survey and I surveyed over a thousand leaders nationwide and then I ended up interviewing, you know, the kind of the top tier of those, which you were included in those top 12, a chapter and an interview for each. Ranked based upon the responses of that, that uh, survey, the top competencies of what are, people think it, it takes to become a really good leader. Hmm. And so those competencies start with, number one is, is influential. A leader can't be a leader unless they're influential, unless they can provide, you know, attraction to the people that want to lead them in the first place. A leader has to know how to, uh, be a good strategic networker. So if you can't partner, if you can't deal with other uh, concerns that are in your industry that to help you bolster your, your, your reputation and give your company opportunities, you're going to miss the boat. There's 10 of these and no one that I know is an expert at all 10. You're pretty close. Oh, I'm, a <laughs> I'm a little farther down the road. I'm a little farther down. Well, but, thank you, but we know better. <laughs> thank but, you. But, the, but the idea is you've got 10. And uh, how do you assess yourself? So take yourself, put yourself on this continuum and say, of these 10, am I a, a five? Am I a six? Am I a 10 on any of these 10? You know, how do I rank myself? And then ask somebody else to do the same for you. Mm. Figure out which ones you need help with. And then our good friend, ben- Benjamin Franklin, who used to use those 13 virtues. It's kind of like that. How do you take the things you care about that you need to develop? And over a thousand people said these were the highest traits or competencies of a leader, how do I on a, on a regular basis work at those and become better at them? So that's, that's kind of the, my approach to leadership as well as the development cycle of, uh, of gaining influence. And in the end, by the way, I just have to say this, my whole book starts and ends with the idea of giving back, about helping other people, even if you don't have money, start at a young age, helping people solve, solve problems, helping them in some way, bringing them up and lifting them for the day. I think in the end, relationships is all that matters. So that's that's kind of what I mean when I say leadership, you know, has a purpose and, and it all ends. It begins and ends with authentic and trust based influence. I mean, so that's really what it's about. You know, I was going to ask Gary next about the application, what you're thinking is about the application of what you've written about in your personal life, using it with relationships, family and friends, as well as professionally. But I think you just answered it. You may want to add more to it. 
But you just capped off your last discussion by talking about how critical having successful relationships are. Because really, when you think about it, just about everything we do is with or through relationships. If we have good relationships, we do a whole lot better. And if we don't, life's tough. Let me just comment on that. You know, when I was calling this book, the name of it, I, I initially it was called The Power of Influence. Huh. And I thought, it's so vanilla. And influence means so much to different people these days, so many different things. Social media and influence is totally different than what I teach and what you teach. To have something you're serious about, it has to be long-term in nature. There's mm. a strategic element. It has to be fitted. And it has to be well, well-matched to the people. And by the way, there is no one-way street in a relationship, not a good relationship. If one person is doing everything, the other person is just receiving, it's going to be a short-lived relationship. If you want it to be long-term, right, you have to have the ability to plan ahead. Your values, your, your goals, even the way you think about getting things done should be kind of aligned. It should be similar. I know you have thousands and thousands and thousands of contacts around the world. But I also know that you have this little inner circle of people that you kind of rely on on a regular basis. And that's what I call a strategic relationship or influencer. So you take, I believe, because I own this networking company, that every day you should be making connections every single day. And then looking at the possibilities of trialing, you know, these connections, does it have a chance of becoming something more than just a connection? Could it become a relationship? And could it become a strategic relationship at some point? So I think there are three phases, nothing wrong with making connections and nothing wrong with developing a relationship. But I don't think you can have a relationship that's strategic with everybody in the world. Uh, Gary, is there a way to measure strategic influence that you've discovered? Is it just what you talked about, taking each of those 10? Or how do you measure your strategic influence? Well, the 10 I talked about is for you personally. It's your personal com- competitive asset. So when I talk about relationships, I do, Steve. I have a in the book toward the back, I, I have a matrix, and it's called the Strategic Influence Assessment Matrix. How's that for a descriptive matrix. I like it. So it's a quadrant. So if you can imagine on the y-axis, you know, the, the vertical axis, this is influence. And so I have zero at the bottom and I have very high influence at the top. On the horizontal side, uh, it's relationship. So we have this origination point here in the, in the corner where there's no relationship and there's no influence. Not probably the kind of people you want to want to try to develop a relationship long-term. On this far right, You've got a great relationship, but if you're still down here, you have a low, low influence. So those are great people to deal with. You know, they can be involved in your company. They can be involved on daily tasks. But where you want to be is you want to be up on this high end where you have high, highly influential people that move you over into this right quadrant that's called high influence and high relationship. So those are the opportunities you have within that quadrant where you can measure. You can take all your contacts, take all your good contacts and plot them on this these four quadrants and see where they land. And then then look at the one on the right, the far right, and say, those are the people I should be spending my time with. Oh, very interesting perspective. Thanks for pointing that out. I like that. Gary, uh, if you don't mind, let's just talk about from your experience, your life lessons. What have you found is the best way to find happiness and peace in life? Well, that's a, that's a more humbling question, <laughs> right? Uh, well, I look at it in three ways, Steve. So um, I think you need to work like there's, like you're the only one that's ever going to do it. I mean, so work like it's it's the last thing you'll do in your life. You need to pray 
I'm, I'm a God believing person. So I think you need to pray like, like there's no tomorrow. And I think you, like my mother used to teach me because my parents were big, big mentors of mine. My father was really big on honesty and responsibility and hard work. My mother also on those, but more importantly, she taught me the, uh, the privilege that you have to, to help other people. And she was so kind to everybody. Steve, I just, I don't, I've never met a person since that was, and there's wonderful people out there, but she, she was my idol when it came to kind people. So I think those three, I mean, learn how to work so that you contribute. I think you uh, next need to, you know, believe in something. Whether you believe in God or not, you need to have something that tells you that you're on track. And I believe in God. And so I believe that I should pray and ask for help for me and other people. And then thirdly, I think that being kind. So in the end, people know where your priorities were. They know how you, what you really cared about in life. And it wasn't all about you. I mean, that, that's, you got them in a nutshell. I think that would, that would be what I said. Thanks for your thoughts on that. You know, Gary, I, I'm just always shocked how fast these interviews go. I love the meaty things we've been talking about, about relationships and strategic relationships. And I like, it's so uh, impactful what you just talked about on ways to be happy and be engaged and being kind to other people. These things bring peace and doesn't mean you don't have the challenges and it doesn't mean you don't get a pretty busy schedule, but you keep working through it and do those basic things. That helps a lot. You just say, you know what? I'm going to be at peace here. I'm going <laughs> to, even though it's pretty hot right now, I'm going to work through this. <laughs> well, life's too short. We all know that. And I, I used to be 25 when I used to work for you, you know, 23. <laughs> now I'm Woo-hoo. almost 65. Where did that time go? And, and uh, you know, I still, I still have a lot of ambition, but I'm probably, you know, 30, away, 30 years or 20 years away from giving it up. Who knows? I hope not. But <laughs> That's what we're counting on. Uh, well, Gary, you've done so great. You've helped so many people. You have a wonderful wife and family and treasure our friendship. Any final tips you might share with our listeners today that could be helpful for them in, in their efforts to, you know, realize their best? This thought occurred during the development of writing of my book. And I didn't realize how important it was to me and didn't realize that it should be something I write about. But that is the following, that influence, and we all need influence because you want to help others. You can't help people unless you have influence. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have money, but, in, but you need to have respect and reputation that people care about. They care about what you say and do, as I mentioned. So what I, what I think I learned most importantly in this book is that someone does not just go out on the street and say they have influence. They can't proclaim that they have influence. It's bestowed upon them by the people that they serve. Mm. And if they really serve, then that's going to come anyway. But if they don't, they're going to find out that, well, it's all about you. And so you're not really a leader in our eyes. You might proclaim it. And people on social media today can borrow, you know, ideas and they can say things that aren't really their ideas and they can pretend that they're influential. But unfortunately, it's the people that you serve, the people that you care about, the people you're involved in that will proclaim you as an influencer and as a, as a leader. That's, that's kind of what I've learned in my life. No, that's good stuff. Well, thank you, Gary Laney, for being part of this show today. What a great productive visit this has been. And we wish you the best in all that you're doing, Gary. You're, you're a thank mover you, and a shaker and, and love you and grateful for our association. Well, I love you, too. It's been, uh, it's been a great 43 years, believe it or not. And I, I appreciate 
the things you taught me. I really appreciate the people you introduced me to, Steve. Appreciate the leadership and the opportunity you gave me to, to grow up and develop and, and uh, find my own. It was, it was an important part of my life. I mean, probably of the four or five pivots in my life, you were, you were definitely one of those more, more important ones. Ten years of my life, man. So thank you. Yeah, you bet. And you've done great. And you're you're passing it on. That's for sure, which is what I love. And to all of our listeners, uh, we're so grateful that you've chosen to listen in today. That just says so much about you, you trying to become your best. And in the very effort of that, you radiate a light and that light touches other people. It lifts them and builds them. So thank you for being with us today. We wish you the best today. And always, uh, this is your host, Steve Schallenberger, signing off. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Your Best podcast. If there was something in this podcast that you felt would be helpful for a family member, a friend, or even a coworker, we invite you to share this podcast with them now while you're thinking about it. Also, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, for additional resources and tools, such as how to join our monthly P performance coaching program or how to get certified as a trainer or coach or schedule a workshop or keynote, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools, and content to achieve your greatest potential. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day and a great week.